my old employee, employer and just tell them, you know, can, am I eligible for rehire? You know, currently I'm doing bad. You know, I need a job. And I called, and she said, well, it's a great thing you called today because the owner's in town. So uh, I want you to just call me back later on. If I don't call you, you call me. So I didn't want to be all anxious, and I really wanted to call back at 3 o'clock, but I waited to 4.30, and she didn't answer the phone. So I said, no answer is a good answer. So I looked at it like that. So on, on Wednesday, this is Wednesday. I got fired on, fired on Friday, September 11, Wednesday. She said, it's a great idea. Bernard said, it would be a good idea for you to come back. And then that's a blessing to me because I had already decreased my salary over, I mean, <laughs> underpaid. And I come back in as a manager and getting a good salary, be able to take care of my family. God is good. I'm going to say this. I got a job in three days. I asked for two weeks. So that's how good he is. And my rent will be paid on time. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. I told her when I crossed her in the hall, I was like, God must really love you. You know, <laughs> he does that so fast. So. And we want to, Vera has a job, it's lined up, and there's some things that we're working through. So we want to pray for Vera. Anyone else here uh, need a job or a better job or a promotion? All the, all the high school guys and junior high guys, raise your hand. I need a new video game. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> what worries? No, I'm just playing. You need a, once you stand, if you need a job or a promotion or if you've been working somewhere for a while and you haven't gotten a raise or your benefits have been cut or they're not full benefits or you're a temp, a temp somewhere, Oh, look at all the opportunities for God to blow our minds. Woo. Lord, we know that testimony is a spirit of prophecy. And Lord, what you've done for others here, there's been a few over the last few weeks and months that have gotten jobs and better jobs because we've asked you and because you're a good God. You're our provider. But we know that the jobs aren't our providers. They just sign the checks. You're our provider. So, Lord, right now I ask that you, Jehovah Jireh, that you would provide the jobs that these people need that are good jobs, jobs that they enjoy, that they love to do, that have good benefits, full benefits, and regular pay increases, God, and room for promotion because you want to promote your kingdom. You want to promote your children. And so we release that over them, Lord. Don't let anything stand in their way. Don't let any, anything snags come up on interviews, on, on uh, past job references. Let it just go through some. Give them favor with you and with man. And we say yes, and we are excited to hear the good reports, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, we say yes. We say yes. Amen. The law was the no of God. And Jesus was the yes of God. Woo, I like it. The law said, no, you can't come in here because you're not good enough. Jesus says, come everyone, you're all okay, you're covered by me, so I like that. So we have some announcements, scroll in, and I'll be talking too, so we can multitask. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone who helped out with the yard sale. I know there was quite a few people, Matt and Belinda and, and my brother and Kyle, and Vanessa's been getting stuff together through the weeks, and Terrence and them came up here. And, um, uh, I'm forgetting Michelle and, and Ray, and uh, their kids helped. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Our kids, my kids, man, Matthias is all over the place. But they were here helping and doing whatever. And uh, uh, Gage came up, and people helped. A lot of people helped yesterday. Mark and Amber provided hot dogs for everyone in the neighborhood, which was really cool. So everyone that came to the yard sale, there was free hot dogs and drinks and chips ready for them. So we got it. It was a kind of a mini outreach. I, I am not exaggerating. I bet we met almost 200 people or even more yesterday from this area. And so we got to be friendly with them, got to be Jesus to them and just love them. And I got to give away lots of cool cars to kids without people knowing. So we might have made a lot more money if, if the pastor wasn't running the stuff. I had the money bag and kids come up, like, how much is this Hot Wheels car? I'm like, dude, go get five more and don't tell anybody. It's yours. You know, <laughs> like take the, <laughs> so 
Mandy's like, it might not be a good idea for you to be the one uh, t- telling people how much money. So I'm like, take it all. Don't tell anyone. Their moms would be like, are they stealing this? I was like, no, it's, it's theirs. It's a gift. But, no, we had a great time, and uh, it was very cool. We're going to do those once a month for now. Just um, It helps us finish the remodeling that we've started. You can see a little bit of progress, a little bit of progress each time. And so um, that's what it all goes towards. So uh, um, thank you for that. And then all the other announcements are coming. I want to highlight a couple of them. Normally on, on the, the last Friday of every month, it's our women's night, and we're going to keep that. Um, this month, though, what we're going to do is going to be an adult fellowship game night. So, in other words... If you can get a babysitter, get one. If you want to bring your kids, that's fine. You can bring them, but you have to watch them because I'm telling myself that. I'm calling my, my, my dad, hey, mom, dad, you want to watch the kids on Friday? We're going to have a, a, just a game fellowship night, all right? We're going to convert this room into a game room and the fellowship hall, multiple sites. What we'll ask you to do is just bring your favorite snack food. You can, you know, bring fast food or whatever you want, but bring like a bag of chips or some Oreo cookies or, you know, brownie mix, cookie mix, cookie dough. That kind of stuff, <clears throat> and we'll have, we'll have ping pong, and we'll have, we have a bunch of board games. You have board games that you like to play, bring them here. Um, and so we'll just have a fun fellowship game night, get to know each other better, because um, I would say that we probably don't all know each other as well as we could. And so we want to increase it. And these are things that we'll be doing regularly, just fellowship game nights. And uh, so I wanted to announce that. And then October 30th, which is the Friday night before Halloween, we're going to have a, a family festival for everyone. Um, we're going to have uh, just a fun night of games and candy for the kids and adults if you want kids to. And costumes are welcome. So that information is on the bulletin sheet and on the website. Um, so I wanted to remind you about that. Uh, also want to remind you on Saturday nights at 9 o'clock to set an alarm somewhere. And wherever you're at, just stop and pray for our church. Um, it's a selfish time for us. 9 o'clock, we want to pray for the Bridge Church, all right? Uh, you can pray for other things any other time you want, but Saturday at 9 o'clock, just for five minutes, one minute, 30 seconds, just say, Lord, what you're doing there, we thank you for it, and we ask that you do more of it. That's kind of the, the thought of it. So um, if you'll do that with us, um, I think that's it from the announcement department. I told them, I was like, man, they're going to get tired of hearing me talk, you know, but oh, amen. Well, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you because we do feel your presence, and it hasn't left because we stopped singing, and it hasn't left because we haven't stopped praying. We thank you because you're here lingering. I like that. You're lingering here, and we ask that you would just stay and, and do what you need to do in our hearts and your word. I ask that you would anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit says, and anoint our hearts to be open and say yes to it, and add faith to it, Lord, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to open your Bibles to Hebrews, it's uh, one of the last books in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 4 is where we're going to be reading from today. <clears throat> and this week, and, and uh, depending on time, probably next week, I'm going to be doing a, a sermon about living in a place of rest. All right? There, the Lord spoke to me a, a couple weeks ago through my father, um, through a word of correction from him. He said to me, Jared, you can't work every day of the week. I said this last week. <laughs> He said, you have to take a Sabbath. You have to take a day off where you don't work, where you don't do chores around the house, where you literally relax, do something relaxing. Don't set, fill up your day with going to the movies or running to, the, to, the, to this or that. Do something relaxing where you're not running around chaotic and just be quiet before the Lord. Um, you know, through Scripture, the Sabbath was something that God instituted. That even himself, he took it, a Sabbath. He worked six days, and on the seventh day, he rested from his work and said it was good. Um, all through scripture, in the old covenant, all the way through in Jewish customs, 
the Sabbath is still honored and respected to this day. Uh, the Sabbath day, it, it, you know, their day starts at nighttime, but they don't do anything. They, they set it aside for the Lord as holy to him. They want to say, Lord, we've done what we wanted to do all the rest of the week. Now this time belongs completely to you. Even, even in farming communities through the Jewish culture, every seventh year, they would rotate their crops, and every seventh year, that field would not have any crops planted in it, and it would just be left for rest. I mean, they believed in this, this rest place, this thing that the Lord uh, set up for our benefit, not for his benefit, but for our benefit. You know, the things of the kingdom and the things of God are really for our benefit. <laughs> They're really for our benefit. And so in their culture, man, they were really strong about the Sabbath. And, and we, what we've done is we run ourselves ragged in America. How many people would honestly say when you sleep at night, you don't always rest at night? The Lord wants this house to come into a place of rest. How many want rest? I mean, real rest. When your head hits the pillow, when you honor that Sabbath day, that he makes the other six days even more profitable because you honored the Sabbath day. You know, we even heard in our finance class, um, the Chick-fil-A guys. This is amazing to me that they do this. They have business open six days a week, but on Sunday, Chick-fil-A is closed. You want Chick-fil-A? You can't have Chick-fil-A today. They close it on Sunday. That is one of the best days for a restaurant to be open in the week. When you say that's the prime day, Friday night and Sundays, because more people go eat out to eat on those days than any day of the week. And Chick-fil-A says, you know, we're going to honor the Sabbath day. We're going to keep it holy. And because of it, they're one of the most profitable businesses in our country. And it's like a benchmark of what business can be ran like if, you know, I grew up in a time even just before I'm old enough to remember where Sundays the malls weren't open, the shops weren't open. Now that's shifted in America because we've lost that, that, <laughs> that trust, that season where we, where we really respected the Sabbath day. And what has happened is there's more turmoil and chaos and frustration than ever before in our time now. And I think a lot of it comes back to we're not living in from a place of rest. You need to rest well. You need to sleep well. But this is beyond just sleep. This is the place of rest for your soul. Amen? So I'm going to talk this week and then next week about living from a place of rest. Um, in Hebrews chapter 4, <clears throat> starting with verse 1, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering God's rest still stands, there's a promise that you can enter into his rest. It still stands. Let us be careful that no one... That, no, that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we have also had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Amen. I'm going to skip down to verse 9. Hebrews 4, 9. It says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And we say, yes, Lord. <laughs> For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following the examples of the disobedient. And then it says, it's interesting to me here that the Lord is speaking of a Sabbath rest for his people, and then he follows it up with this verse 12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight, and everything, that, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the, before the eyes of him who must give an account. 
Now today I want to talk on the, the, the first part of this, of living from a place of rest. And I want to tell you there is a place of rest for you. When the Lord, when the Lord set this whole system up, he really wanted his believers to enter a place of restful existence. Not just one day of the week where we rest, but where we live from a place of rest so that no matter what happens, no matter what storm comes, no matter what trial comes, our first response, the place where we step up from is from a place of rest and not from a place of strife. I feel like this is such a key word for us as a church, for, for people that, that we're pursuing the things of God. We want to see revival, and we define revival here as, as change in the community transformation in the community. Um, and so we want to host revival in our homes. We want to host it in our church. And if we can host it in our home, we can host it in our church. We can host it in our community. It starts in the home. It all starts in the home. You know, I was a youth pastor for 11 years, and for a lot of that, I, I lived frustrated with parents. <laughs> Because they thought, I'm going to let my kids do crazy stuff all week. I'm going to bring them to you for an hour and a half a week, and you're going to turn them and fix them up. And I would answer them back, no, I'm not mama or daddy. You are. You're giving me 90 minutes to work with them when you've all week messed them up, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> like, wait a second. Revival starts in the family. It has to start in the family. And if we can host it in our home, if we can host rest in our home, then our church can be a place of rest in our community. Now, don't raise your hand unless you want everyone to know your business. <laughs> How many of you, when you go home, it's not a restful place sometimes? <laughs> the Lord wants your home to be a haven. The Lord, even you may be outnumbered with children in your home. You can still have rest. <laughs> I've got two kids, but Matthias counts for three, all right? So we have to work even harder, you know? Mandy, Mandy and I want another child. I'm like, do we got to have a girl? I really want a girl. She, she deserves to have a mother-daughter relationship. I deserve to have a father-daughter relationship where I can understand when daddy say they, they get you wrapped around their little finger. I need to feel that. But after Matthias, Mandy's like, I don't know, man. He's a lot of work. <laughs> He's not bad. He's just into everything. So going home sometimes, it's not very restful. I'll be completely honest with you. There are times that I would prefer to go sit in my office and shut the door than to be in my house. I'm being completely honest. And Mandy's like, I know. <laughs> it's quiet in there. There are a different set of, I feel like I've created boundaries in my office that they don't get on my desk. They don't open my refrigerator. They don't leave smudge marks all over the top of my desk. They don't touch my computer. There's boundaries set up there, and it's like, ha, ah, this is my office. This is my castle, you know? But the Lord wants your home to be a safe place, a, har a haven, a peaceful place of rest. And you know what? It can't happen by putting rules on it to make it a place of rest. It has to happen from the inside out. We talk about that all the time. The Lord wants to create a place of rest inside of your soul and as there's a place of rest in you, as your issues are, are settled in your heart, then the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And out of that place of peace internally, you'll create an external place of peace. Amen? So I want you to know, before I get into any teaching about anything, I want you to know the Lord wants you to have rest. He wants you to have rest. Amen? <clears throat> We talk about the kingdom a lot because Jesus only taught about the kingdom. 
That's all he talked about was the kingdom of heaven is like this. You've heard this, but the kingdom of heaven says this. So the kingdom is different than the worldly kingdom. And the only progress that you can make in the kingdom is from a place of rest. You cannot have progress or growth or change in your life unless it comes from a birthplace of rest. I'm going to break that down a little bit. You may say, I want to make my home a place of rest. And what we try to do is we strive to make it a place of rest. We try to make it a place of rest. We work to make it a place of rest, and it stays the way it is. Because we tried, we strived, and we worked instead of releasing rest. Amen? (laughs) See, kingdom progress comes from a place of rest. Jesus lived from a place of rest at all times. I don't believe that at any moment in, in, in time that there was any person that, that came into contact with Jesus and felt frustration, chaos, or not, not at a place of rest. I believe that everywhere he went, he carried this calm with him, this soothing thing, yes? A couple of quick examples. You know, I want to say the reason why he could do this was because his identity was found in his father. You know what the key to rest is? You finding your identity in your father. You in him, he's in you. You abide in him, he abides in you. He's a good God, he wants good things for you. He disciplines because he loves you. He doesn't punish and, and push you away. Amen? Finding your identity in him. Lord, what do you say about me? What do you think about me? And then making that what we begin to speak to ourselves in our mind. That what we begin to feed our minds. You know, you think nonstop throughout the day. Your minds, everyone in this room, even now, your minds are thinking more words than I'm even saying. (laughs) So what if we could find our identity in Christ and in the Father, and so what we hear is what he's saying about us, what he's thinking about us, what he's feeling about us. That's why Jesus lived from a place of rest. So what happens? He finds himself in a storm, in a chaotic situation. What do most people do in a place of chaos? They either freeze Or they just go crazy, right? They start working. They start going nuts, right? They're just going crazy. But Jesus finds himself in a storm, in a place of chaos. The disciples are freaking out. They're probably trying to get all the water off the ship. They're probably tying stuff down. They're running around trying to fix sails that have broken. They're going all over the place trying to get this fixed and settled. Besides being afraid at the same time, all this stuff is going on. And Jesus is asleep. (laughs) And they have to go and wake him up. Let me say this, when you live in a place of peace and rest, even other people's chaos won't wake you up. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) So they had to go and wake him up and shake him. Hey, Jesus, don't you care all this stuff that's going on? Don't you care that we die? And what does Jesus do? Everyone knows it. He goes up to the edge of the boat and says three words, peace, be still. What did he do? The external atmosphere was chaos and frustration and fear and anxiety and waves crashing and knocking. You can't even stand up. All kinds of that stuff's going on. But Jesus, inside of him, had a well of peace that was in him. And all he did was release what was inside of him by speaking it over the storm. And the disciples were like, wow, I'm glad we hang out with this guy. The winds and the waves obey him. Jesus is walking down the street, and a demon-possessed man that everyone knew about him. He was Crazy Larry down the street. Everyone knew him. (laughs) 
He ran around naked. He had chains. He was like a wild animal. He ate food off the ground. He, he was just crazy all over the place. Everyone knew him. Don't go by his house or where he stays. That's crazy Larry, right? And so Jesus comes up, and this guy begins to manifest. The demons begin to manifest inside of him, and there's chaos, and people are afraid, and they're hiding their children, and all this stuff is going crazy. And what does Jesus say to him? Hey, come out from him. Be in your right mind. And immediately the man's in his right mind. He probably goes home and finds a nice pair of clothes, puts them on, and shows up in the town. Everyone's like, hey, that's crazy Larry, right? He's not crazy anymore. Why? Because in the middle of chaos, in the middle of storm, Jesus had a well of peace in him that all he had to do to release that was to declare it over whatever situation he came into. What do we declare when frustration and chaos comes? What do we speak with our mouth or say with our mind, in our mind, when chaos presents itself to us? Usually what we've been depositing into our savings account, the heart, is usually what comes out. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We're going to hear it a lot. Your, your, your checkbook, is your mind is your checkbook, stuff comes in and goes out, in and out. Your heart is your savings account. It's where you store things. It's where you hide things that are close to you. And the Bible says that out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. So when a storm or something confronts us, what do we speak out of our mouth? That's why there has to be a deep, settling resolve inside of you that says peace. Hmm. He released the world. Jesus released the world he was most aware of. He always was living in heaven. <laughs> he always was living at the Father's throne, seated in heavenly places. He always had heavenly perspective in everything that he came against. He never one time was confronted with an issue. He's like, man, I don't know what to do here. I need to call God. <laughs> hey, pops, what do I do? <laughs> Not one time did he have to do that. Rest comes from faith, not from strife or from anxiety. And you and I have to learn to stop operating in dysfunction. <clears throat> Anger is a dysfunction. <laughs> Yelling when things get chaotic is dysfunctional. It's not normal. Amen? Fear is dysfunctional. Do you know that when you said yes to Jesus, you became a completely new creation? That means anger, fear, frustration, anxiety should all be foreign to you instead of common. Anytime any of those things rise up, anxiety, stress, worry, doubt, fear, anything like that that rises up, we should recognize that that is foreign to me. That doesn't belong to me. That's a dysfunctional a pattern of living, and I am disregarding that thing. We should begin to recognize it. Like our bodies right now, if, a, if a, a flu bug tries to come inside of my body, instantly the white blood cells in my immune system begins to fight against it and says, I don't recognize that. That's not part of you. That's an outsider trying to destroy you. And immediately they send and dispatch healing toxins in my body to relieve it. Sometimes you'll get a little bit of a fever before you get sick because your body is raising the heat so it kills off those cells. There's all kinds of scientific, weird, crazy things your body does to get rid of things that are foreign to it. Sometimes we come into a situation and doubt, anger, and fear come, and we are so common to it, we don't realize, whoa, I'm in the middle of a dysfunctional pattern of behaving. I've got to stop this. We have to become more aware that dysfunction has to go. Amen?
So we have to allow the Lord to come inside and resolve all the issues of our heart. You know, I've said this a lot lately. We've talked a lot about managing your heart because if we can manage our heart, we can, we can manage anything. <laughs> Amen? I say this a lot, but man, we have to get the issues of our heart settled so that when anything comes into life that confronts us, the issue's already settled in me, and now I just release what the Lord's put inside of me. Amen? Let me say this. There's a, a thing that, that some people do when they walk into a room. They check themselves. They're like, okay, I walked into a room, and there's chaos. Did I carry chaos with me before I came in this room, or was there chaos in this room before I came? If you can begin to think in, th- in terms like this, I walked into this room, and there's anger here. Was I angry before I came? Stop, literally stop. Say, was I angry? Was there anger in my heart before? Because I may have just introduced this whole room to anger. And if you're like, no, I was fine before I came in here, then now you've walked into a room where something in this room has introduced anger to it, and now you have the authority to release what's inside of you that trumps the anger. <laughs> Do you know that light always, always overcomes darkness? Light always overcomes darkness. So if I didn't bring chaos to a room and there's chaos, and I was carrying peace with me, then the peace inside of me is greater than the darkness of chaos. All I have to do is declare peace over the room, spoken word. Nothing happens in the kingdom without first a declaration. So you declare peace over the room. Is it a magic formula? No. You have to really believe this stuff. (laughs) It's not an algebraic equation. You don't just plug in different things. You have to be able to know what the Father wants to do in the moment. You have to be able to hear his voice and do what he's saying to do. Amen? See, when I said nothing happens in the kingdom without declaration, a lot of times we focus on declaration is something that's spoken. But there's two parts to declaration. There's what's spoken and there's what's heard. Amen? In Hebrews here... It says that they did not enter, this is in verse 2, it says that we had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the word had no value to them and did not bring rest to them because they added no faith to what they heard. Now listen, we're going to tie it all up and we're going to end a little early today. What he's saying here, so a declaration is something spoken and something heard. We cannot enter into the rest of God unless we recognize what he speaks to us. Unless we add faith to the word we hear. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes from God's word. How do I know how to hear God's word? How does faith get built when I hear his word? (laughs) I add faith to it. So how do you enter into rest? When you hear the word of God, when you begin to recognize the word of God, then you say, yes, Lord, that's your voice. That's your word, I believe in it, and I'm adding faith to it. So now it, it's real to me. So now the declaration not only has been spoken, but it has been heard and has power and authority in my life to do what you sent it to do, Isaiah 55. As, my, as the rain comes down from heaven and doesn't return back without watering the earth and fulfilling its purpose, so is my word. I will never return to me void. It will always do what I sent it to do. So when the Lord speaks, 
your job and my job is like, is that the Lord? Is that me? Is that the enemy? Is that someone else? Okay, Lord, that's you. I'm adding my faith to what you just said, and now it makes what he said become reality in my life. That's how you live in a place of rest. You hear the word of God, and you add faith to it. Amen? Wow. There's the proceeding word of God, and there's the preceding word of God. Example, Moses, preceding word was strike the rock and water will come from it. Proceeding word was Moses, speak to the rock. Moses did what the preceding word said, and it was a disobedient act. God still honored it and watered the people, gave him plenty of water, but it was a disobedient act that disqualified him from even entering into the promised land because he, he instead of being active and listening to the proceeding word, Went back to, oh, this is what he said before. I don't have to inter interact with him right now in this moment. I'm going to go with what I knew before and didn't dig a new well and listen to what he's saying now. Matthew says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It didn't say precedes, proceeds. So how do we live in a place of rest? Part one, we hear the word of God, we add faith to it. Amen. We allow a well of peace to be built inside of us so that no matter what confronts us, we, we pull from the well of peace and we declare what's inside of us. Amen? Why don't you go ahead and stand? Right. I'm going to do this every day. We're going to live the word, amen? The Bible says don't just hear the word and deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Put it into practice. By doing it, it becomes healing to your body and to your bones. <laughs> amen? So the, we're going to do altar call a couple of different ways. We're always, I always want you to know that if you're not right with the Lord, if you come into a service and things aren't right, you want to make things right with God, this is where you do it, all right? And so at any point in time, you can just say, God, I need to be right with you. You can grab someone next to you and say, hey, pray with me. I want to be right with the Lord. That's what we do here, okay? So if you're here and your relationship with God's broken or you don't have a relationship with him and you want to, in a moment, just grab someone. We have a few people that will come up here and they want to pray with you, all right? So that will be the first thing always. The second part is if you want to begin the process of living in a place of rest, I want you to raise your hand. Yeah. Amen. So what we're going to do is, is uh, I want Kyle to put on just some real peaceful music or come pick, pick something on the guitar real soft and peaceful, like we're around the campfire just relaxing. And what <laughs> we're going to practice peace. We're going to practice rest. We're going to sit down. We're not going to talk to the Lord for a moment. We're not going to say a word. We're literally going to sit and just rest with the worship music going, and we're going to rest in his presence. This is why we talk about soaking. There's a time to pray, and there's a time to be war, uh, a warrior and, and say things and declare things. Then there's a, a time to just sit down and be quiet and let the maker of all things speak <laughs> and do deep things inside of us. So what we're going to do is we're going to be real quiet. We're going to ask the Lord to send his word and cut us deep. Create a well of peace, amen, and create change. So if you want to sit down, that's fine, but don't pray for just a few minutes. We're just going to have real soft, quiet.
and to practice resting, all right? I want to pray first. Father, I speak over everyone's mind now that their minds will be settled, that our thoughts will be turned toward you, and that we will enter into a place of rest and we can learn what this feels like so we can reproduce it in our life, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to declare peace over your life, all right? 
You just say it with you say it out loud with your mouth and add faith to the word. Amen. Lord, we declare peace over our homes, over our communities, over our families, over our church. We give room for rest. We will enter to Sabbath rest. That place of rest you long for us to live from. We will live from there. We know it was made for us. It's not a secret place that only a few people can go to. It's a place you want all believers to live from. And we will live from there, Lord. We choose rest. So, Lord, this week, today, when we're confronted with any chaos or anything that steals rest, worry, fear, anxiety, we will release from inside of us the wells of salvation, the wells of peace and rest that you're putting in us now. Lord, teach us how to do this. Teach us how to be deliberate in our lifestyles, Lord, to deliberately release peace, to deliberately assess whether we've brought it to the table or if it was here before we came. Lord, and I ask that you would help us to know how to rest, to live from a place of rest, to daily begin to reproduce rest in our lives, Lord, that we sleep better, that our homes are places of rest and not turmoil or frustration at times, Lord, but they're places of rest and peace. And God, I ask that our church would be a place of rest. Lord, that when people come here, they find rest, Lord, because you're here. <laughs> and that we learn as a church to just lay against you, Lord. Just like Mary did, Lord, that we wouldn't be like a Martha, consumed with many things. But we'll be like Mary and find the one thing that matters is just laying and resting at your feet. I want to say, if you're one of those that say, I want to pray and make my life right with the Lord, myself and Mandy will be here at the front. Vanessa will be right here. Um, other people that, that feel the need to pray for someone, you're welcome to. We're about to develop a prayer team. But if you want prayer today just to make things right with the Lord, there's a personal need that you want specific, someone to partner with you, then we'll be right here and we can have other people come up as well. Uh, but I want you to know that we love you, that the Lord loves you, and he wants you to live from a place of rest. Do you know that you can fight and have warfare from a place of rest? That sounds kind of uh, weird. It sounds like an impossible thing, right? That you can have warfare from a place of rest. But warfare is like what Jesus did. For though we live in the world, we don't fight the way the world does. For our weapons are powerful through God to pull down strongholds, to cast down imaginations or th thoughts that are twisted or anything that sets itself against the knowledge of the goodness of God or his kingdom, then we can come in and pull those things down from a place of rest. How do we do that? We declare and we release peace and whatever the situation calls for. And that's how we fight. That's how we fight in the kingdom. From a place of triumph and a place of rest. From a heavenly perspective. Amen? So if you want prayer, we'll be here. We love you. Remember Friday night and check the website for updates on things. And uh, be friendly if you need to talk and stuff. The, the coffee shop and all that stuff's open. Um, we want to leave it real quiet for a few moments for those who are still praying. All right? Bless you guys.
Turning with thee, thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not as thou hast been now forever will great is the faithfulness great is the faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see all I have needed the hand has provided great is the faithfulness Lord unto me pardon for sin and peace that ends all to cheer and to guide strength for today bright home for tomorrow blessings are mine with ten thousand beside great is the faithfulness Great is the faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I sing, all I have needed, Great is the faith. 
day I need you more More than words to say I need you more Than ever before I need you Lord I need you more More than the air I breathe More than the song more than the next heartbeat more than anything in Lord as time goes by I'll be by your side cause I never want to go back to my old life I need you Today I need you more More than words can say I need you more Than ever before I need you, Lord I need you more More than the air I breathe more than the song I sing, more than the next heartbeat, more than anything in Lord as time goes by, I'll be by your side, cause I never want to go back to my old life, and more than the air I breathe. More than the song I sing, more than anything, I need you more. More than the air I breathe, more than the song I sing, more than anything, I need you more. Right here in your presence is Now my broken heart has finally found a home And I will never be alone It's right here in your presence is now my broken heart has finally found a home Cause I will never be alone Say 
Running up that 